Hey guys, uh, welcome to Q&A session four. I'm your host, Joel. That is Joel. I've got my name this right this time. This actually is Joel this time. <laughs> uh, I'm here with my co-host, Brett. His name is Brett. How are you going? Yes, I am Brett. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm good. Hopefully, uh, we've, we're recording this a couple of days after our um, last episode. So while spirits might not be fully high, they should be a little higher than they were. A bit more upbeat. Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, how'd you, how'd you pull up? From, from New York. Uh fine. Really, yeah. my legs are like fine from it. So, which is a good thing. My, my actually, I'm really sore through my ribs. And so stuff, I was gonna. So. That's what I meant. Yeah, like you, you've got that lingering soreness there. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I was like feeling around today, like kind of because my diaphragm's always really tight on that yeah. right side. Yeah. And like I don't know. I feel like there's something going on in my rib for sure because like, I can like move it. Really? My rib on my right side. Yeah, I definitely reckon like it's uh, something to do with that rib joint. Um, Did you do a Marilyn so Manson and I, get your rib removed? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That'd, be, that'd be really good. <laughs> um, oh, I don't shit. Know. So I'm looking forward to going to this, see this guy in Portland. But yeah. um, unfortunately, it's not until next week. But yeah. So I just have to wait. Yeah. Diagnose myself. Google do- Google doctor. <laughs> WebMD. Um, yeah. So before we kick off this week, uh, we both had a message from fellow MTC member Sarah Billings, um, who listened to the last Q and A episode, and she said, "How the hell did Joel get named as the worst half stepper in MTC?" She said, "You forgot about Lockie Barber," and both of us did, in fact, forget about Barber because he is. Absolutely shocking. Would you say definitely the worst? Yeah, he's terrible. And like at the moment, he's running. He wants to run quick as well because he's doing like, less k's. I, I mentioned it a few episodes ago where you like wanted to run like three forties, <laughs> and I did a long run with him, and he's just like pushing the whole time. So yeah, yeah. So definitely Barber. So I'm definitely I'm off the hook. Barber. I'm off the hook. I might be number two, but I'm not number one. Yeah, I reckon Sarah's pretty bad too. To be honest. Yeah, I I've done a long that. run with her, and she was like pushing at the front and then at the end complains about me pushing the pace when it was definitely her. <laughs> Notice it's uh, it's like me, Sarah and Lockie are all like at the top being like, nah, you're the worst. No, you're the worst. And it's like, because we're all pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, let's kick us off. Yeah, so this is from Katie Elizabeth. Um, what is the weirdest thing any of your friends take to a race? I used to take a rock to a race everywhere. Oh, you're I had like a, lu- a lucky rock. Oh. I had to take it overseas and stuff. Why is it always you? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no point Very being superstitious. Even... My, <laughs> I used to, um, but I started taking like all these things and my bag was like always overweight. So I just get rid of some of them. <laughs> and a rock was one to go. <laughs> How heavy was this rock? It was like a no, bowler. It was pretty small. <laughs> is, this, yeah. is this like when you, before the race, you've, you you know, what was it? You've got your your feet are out of your shoes. They can't touch the ground. One sock's on. You're hot, you've got the rock yeah. next to you with a smiley face turned up on the rock. It's <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And I thought I was the head case. a nice, smooth rock. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't really think of anything anything that um, weird things people take to race. I, I suppose I would imagine people would probably say my nose strips. My nose strips are. Yeah. Um, a few. We're gonna got a few questions in um, about people asking what the hell do I wear that for? 
and it's definitely similar to Brett become like a superstition thing. I have worn it in every race. Um, but I've had really good races and really bad races wearing it. I do have a super blocked up nose um, or like massive. I've got a massive deviated septum, which is one of those things. It's like, oh, I should get surgery on that one day. But look, does a breathe right strip fix it? I don't know. I highly doubt it. It just <laughs> certainly doesn't fix a deviated septum, but it just feels sort of good. Um, yeah, so not sure. Well, I'll have a think. I'll have a think. Yeah, I'll have a think. Maybe come back next week if we can think of something better. Yeah, another one from Katie. I love seeing all the MTC dogs. Are there any cats or other furry friends? Uh, Nat has Midori. Yeah, the cat. Rose has a couple of cats. Yeah, Rose two. has a couple of cats. One that's crazy. Yeah. Um, Who yeah, else? I don't know if any other MTC members have cats. No, nah, we're more of a dog group. Definitely a dog group. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, moving on from Ross Pentland, he said, worst or random piece of unsolicited, unsolicited advice you've been given? Um, yeah. What do you reckon? I know what mine is. Yeah. I don't know. Well, cause of this like stitch and like I put out heaps of like after the Olympics, I was like, oh, if anyone's got any ideas and I appreciate all the replies, <laughs> some would be like these like long as messages and it's just like about some obscure thing that pretty much has nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> I appreciate reaching out. I love that every single time you say, would, <laughs> you have to preface it by saying, look, I do appreciate it, but also shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some were just like, oh, I wish I could remember some of them, but. Just ridiculous yeah, things. Know, like, some, oh, when you're sitting on yeah, your so, sitting watching TV, make sure you've got a pillow under your right butt cheek or something. <laughs> Just total cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, mine... Um, you got one? Yeah, mine would definitely be uh, from my first running coach. A lot of people, a lot of the listeners would know of uh, Tom Kelly, who sadly passed away, uh, yeah, about about 10 years ago, but he was my first running coach out of Doncaster Athletic Club um, who I owe pretty much, yeah, I owe like my all my young early career to him. Um, super old school Irish fella, great guy, uh, but had some very interesting old school things. And I remember once going to, um, I had a race coming up. I think I used to race in spikes with no socks, or I still do, and I had these horrible blisters that hadn't popped yet and I had another race coming up and I thought, shit, my, these blisters are really, really hurting. What should I do? And he said, I'm not going to put on his Irish accent, but um, he said <laughs> he said for me to soak my – go and buy methylated spirits and pour like two, two bottles of that in a bucket and just soak my feet for 15 minutes in meth, methylated spirits. Um, and apparently it's supposed to really like stiffen up and harden up the um, – the the yeah. you know ca- it's supposed to callous your whole fit yeah callous it yeah but I uh, yeah, I've heard uh, of that everyone's heard, that's the thing everyone's heard of it has anyone done it if you've done it please uh, write in because yeah would love I'd love to know I think you'd just get so dizzy yeah. and you'd be smelling the fumes <laughs> you just you'd feel sick <laughs> for a week I reckon I um, always used to pop my pim- my um <laughs> pimples blisters. my pimples there yeah. I just always pop my blisters and. They would always like get infected and stuff. So it's a hard thing because yeah, with, like they yeah. always says, like everyone always says, oh, don't pop them, don't pop them. But it's like 
it's pretty hard not to when you've got a huge big sack of fluid yeah. sitting on the on oh, your foot. Like if I ever have like a black nail, like I'm always like shoving pins through my nail oh. and stuff like that. That's why my feet are fucked. Your, <laughs> your feet are horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, from Matt Rattaylor. Would you rather watch a mandatory 100-meter race from the whole marathon field at the Olympics or a mandatory marathon from the whole 100-meter field? This is without anybody knowing, so nobody can do train for the distance. Uh, and he also did um, say, he did follow it up and say that um, blocks are mandatory for the marathon. I wonder if he means blocks are mandatory for the marathon guys doing the 100 or everyone's got to start in blocks. <laughs> Even the 100 guys. Even the 100 the guys in the marathon. I think it goes without saying for me at least it's without a doubt watching the 100 guys do a marathon because the entertainment would last for so long. Like but They just couldn't do it. They just, yeah, but it'd just be so funny just watching these guys at like 30K. Like, but they all, <laughs> and also I love that they, like, they're not allowed to train for it. No one knows. So they just rock up to Olympics and they've been training for the last four years for this one, <laughs> for this one day and there's something just to the officials are just like, no. Nah, there's nothing you can do. You swap in events. <laughs> no, I would rather. I reckon it'd be better watching the marathon runners because it would actually be a race. I know. Because yeah. imagine them going, all right, I'm getting ready for a marathon, and then going, all right, now it's a hundred. Like, <laughs> everyone can go, all right, I can sprint a hundred. Someone like people are gonna think, True. okay, I can win here. That's at least that's at least where watching the, an interesting okay, race. Where yeah, exactly. It'd be interesting where the. Marathon guy, no, hundred meter guys running a marathon. Yeah, but that's more me. We'd just be like going for a hike. It's more like me, you know, like Saw, the Saw movies, and it's just like the torture sort of. And you're watching for that entertainment. That's more yeah. what I am. Like it's just pure torture <laughs> entertainment. I'm just watching, you know, watching these hundred meter guys get to ten k, and they just have they have another thirty two to go, and the legs, <laughs> the wheels are already coming off. In fact, I think the wheels have come off a lot before ten k. But even like speaking to Hannah last week, and she like. Can't even do a lap warm up. <laughs> That's why it's so funny. That's a great question. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah went to see Andrew White yesterday for some treatment to uh, try and fix this knee issue I have on, and he uh, he said um, he said he had a couple of questions for us. Uh, first one: Who in the running world is the most dramatic after crossing the line? And he said, like, in example, bad races, you're on the ground, sucking, and then good races, like a massive over-celebration. Um, Who do you reckon, Brett? Well, oh, you, no, nah, I'm saying Bucks. Ah, oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say me. Bucks is always crawling around on the ground. Yeah. Letting everyone know. Oh, no, actually, James Nipperus. Oh, true. It's James Nipperus, Nip- 100%. Yeah, 100%. I was going to say Riley. I was going to say Riley Cox purely... Only, and I feel bad saying it because he's probably going to listen to this purely because he was vomiting on the ground, crawling around on the, on the ground like a slug after Hobart run the bridge, vomiting. So, but that's only a one time thing. And I haven't seen him over celebrate. So maybe that's a bit harsh. So, yeah, let's go to Nipper. <laughs> uh, Nipper, I remember at Nationals last year, I think it was, he was like on the ground. He's like dry heaving and like he acts like no one else has run hard. But yeah. then five minutes later, he's like having fun with his mates and like having a beer. It's like, okay, mate, you look like you're about to be on your deathbed. Yeah. But now you can just enjoy and have a beer. So it's like, at least one? Pat, at least Pat Tiernan's like getting wheeled off in the wheelchair. And you don't see he's not then celebrating having beers in the crowd. <laughs> you know. Yeah. He's he's actually yeah, so pushed he's beyond. A bit, he's a bit dramatic too. 
<laughs> Call the wheelchair, mate. <laughs> um, I know Bucks has said to me after I did that, it was Hobart Run the Bridge last year where I came across the line and the camera had me like on the ground. And it's, I think it's the only time I've ever fly, fallen on the ground. And now like ever since I've like, you know, even like Zatapak, I was like pushing so hard and I have like my legs are wobbling and I'm like, do not go on the ground. If I fall onto the ground, Bitters is going to lose it. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm actually now not pushing as hard. I'm just saving a little bit of energy as you, as you cross the line. Don't to keep, sprint at the end so you can walk off. To keep up, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, uh, he had another question, Whitey. He said, who in the running world has the biggest difference in personality between social media and real life? Who is the closest? Um, I don't know if you had a thought about this, but I was, I definitely thought about this. I think so many people will agree with me. The old Brett Robinson, uh, and you have definitely changed a lot, but the old Brett Robinson, when I first like joined MTC, you know, you were putting up. You're putting up Instagrams of like, like they were the most arrogant things I've ever seen. Like, you know, like looking down the camera, the captions like, I am the king and stuff. I don't know. Don't quote me directly, but they're pretty much like that. And then I like met you and I was like waiting for this arrogance and stuff. And it wasn't that you're shy. It's more that you're just sort of more refrained and you won't sort of mention stuff. But then eventually every now and again, something will come out and you will you will actually reflect that super arrogance. Like you just say something at the cafe, like you haven't said anything for 10 minutes and then you just say something super arrogant. It's like, ah, oh, there it is. So it, it is in there. It just takes like, a while to come out. Where's the, where's the king's coffee? <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah, I, don't, I remember Jordan Gosburn was a huge one like that. He would yeah. like be always like talking shit and then you like see him in person. He's like, oh, hi. <laughs> and like kind of scurry away. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, I reckon me, I'm probably the opposite. I reckon people, especially like my social media is not funny at all. Like my- no, Turn into a full square. Like, yeah, my Instagram is like, I've, I've had actually, I've had a few people say to me before, like, you know, on a night out or something, be like, Geez, I didn't think you were like this. Based on your Instagram, I thought you were a full fucking loser. Um, I think also when he, Whitey's asked who is the closest, I would say Grego. I absolutely love Grego, but Grego is one of the Grego's one of the funniest people I know and one of the fucking weirdest people I know. And his social <laughs> media and his real life personality are the same. They're just super like yeah. his Grego's comments that you see on things. Like he's just he's always doing the funniest Instagram comments on uh, on people's like you know just always weird little things and it's just like that's just typical Grego. Yeah, how's Grego and Jen with the uh, with their post the other day? Which one was it? Doing, oh, they did put up about thousand uh, posts a day. So about the um, but it's just a photo from like with the point five lens. Oh yeah, they fucking stole our thing. I reckon they were copying something there. Yeah, that was definitely, I thought, like, and see, that's the thing with Grego, I can't tell, like, Jen's got a great sense of humour too, I can't tell if they're taking the piss with that or they're not. I don't know if they're serious with it, I don't know, like, you just don't know (laughs) with Grego. Usually they're a few years behind on things, so usually, like, (laughs) so they've probably just discovered that the iPhone can do that and now they're going to, they'll rip that through that for a few weeks. (laughs) It's like when Grego started dabbing. In about 2019, it's like no one's dabbed since 2016. <laughs> Good questions, Whitey. Um, yeah, so here's one, an anonymous question. Um, yeah, so anyone else wants to send in anonymous questions, just let us know and we won't read your name. Um, 
how much input do your coaches have into your races, race plan, as in tactics, pacing, etc.? And does this differ differ between the two of you? Yeah, definitely. I know. Obviously, you've been a professional runner for what triple the length. Well, when I start started running 2017, so I'm into my fifth year now. How long have you? What are you up to? And you've only done about six races. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, and I've been running. I don't know. Since like uh, professionally for like ten or twelve years or something. That so uh, while. you were taking the piss out of me, but you actually are true. Five years, and I've been injured probably half of that. So that's two point five years. So that's like two point five years of racing. So yeah. obviously, I have a lot. A lot less race experience as you, and you can't count triathlon race experiences into running. There's two totally different sports. Um, I know, yeah. I think I definitely get more messages from from Nick, or you know, speaking to Nick and Collis like before a race um, on some on them, and also me asking questions. You know, I'll just mm. little things I'll be unsure about. Um, I know, like for Zadapek, you know, I had a I had a bit a race plan because I wasn't sort of sure what to do. Um. Whereas I can imagine you just don't get that, do you? Except maybe in a marathon yeah, and stuff really, you would? Mm, no. Nah. I don't really ask anyway, but even in a marathon, like it's not really – like tactics don't really come into it that much. True. Um, I guess a plan kind of does. But I think all races, there's always like a basic kind of principle yeah. to it. Like if you kind of break it up into like even first half yeah, then next quarter, last quarter. Um, yeah. Or like kind of conserving energy – and then getting into a good spot and then racing that last bit. Sounds um, like sounds like Hannah Bassick's 100-meter plan from when we had her on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. Um, yeah, so I think no matter what the race is, like I, you always kind of want to go with those principles. And I think if I get away from them, that, that's when like Nick will say something. But um, yeah. yeah, usually I just I pretty much know what to do, I feel. Yeah, yeah. I'll even find myself asking you just because we're living with each yeah. other and and smack as well especially on the track stuff i feel like i know more a lot more how to race on the road just again maybe from triathlon or not. like i've done road races and lots of cross country when i was growing up but you know i would always race cross country <coughs> growing up and not track because i was doing triathlon as a junior so i just don't have <coughs> pardon me i don't have much track experience so yeah. that's why I end up asking guys like you who've been like slave to the track for the last 20 years. <laughs> but it doesn't really work out, does it? You know, I ask you questions. I'm like, hey, so Box Hill Burn, what should I do? <laughs> You're like, yeah, pop yeah. after two laps. Get on the pace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, good question. Um, have one here from Mick Rockford. Uh, he said, I used to be a runner <clears throat> with Doncaster when I was younger. Now, due to injury, I'm a marathon swimmer. Uh, he said, what similarities are there between endurance sports, like talking swimming, cycling, and running? And he's asking how does he improve his marathon uh, swimming? And I thought that was a quite interesting question because we have, you know, for, for one, getting a listener that is a marathon swimmer listening to our podcast, I thought, geez, he must uh, must be interested in, in, in running to, to listen to us talk that much shit. Maybe there's a market for uh, a podcast in swimming as well. Yeah, we maybe, we'll, into. maybe we can branch out. Um, and yeah, I, know, I do know that a lot of you know triathletes. Well, not a lot, but a few triathletes listen to us, um, which is which is good. Uh, I would say, Mick. Look, to be honest, I, I know sweet fuck all about 
marathon swimming and <laughs> Brett knows even least, even less. Um, <laughs> Brett's scared of going in the ocean, aren't you? You are. You're scared of uh, when you can't yeah. see the bottom. So I wouldn't be... I would, uh, yeah. <laughs> I would, come on. A little bit. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't be taking marathon swimming advice from someone who gets scared in the ocean from, not, from when they can't see the bottom. Um, I would say... I was going all right until I got stung, stung by that jellyfish. And that's kind of... <laughs> Scarred you, scarred, scarred you for life. Um, I would say, uh, look, I know from when I was a triathlete, everyone used to say that the two sports that required the most uh, technique training was swimming and running. There's, it's sort of one of those sports like people, people can spend their life trying to get good at running, um, and while they can improve their time, you know, sometimes it's, it's just really difficult. And the same in the swimming. Like I worked like eight years trying to get my swim better and better. And I was getting it better each year, but also the, the people at the top of, in the world were getting faster every year too. Um, whereas cycling is one of those sports that just seems to be, there's no technique. Um, and, you know, there's far less injuries in, in cycling than, other than crashing, of course. Far less injuries in swimming and uh sorry, in cycling than there is in swimming and running. So I would say, yeah, Mick, you probably work on your technique. Um, if you have a technique coach and, you know, strength and conditioning, stuff like that. Um, but but other than that, we <laughs> don't have too much too much advice because we... And I've got no idea. Yeah. Maybe get one of those uh, super suits. That's true, yeah. And, av- and avoid jellyfish. Flippers or flippers. Yeah, can you wear flip? Oh, I wonder if I always used to think that when I was a triathlete, like this is how bad I was at swimming. I would think, like, could I somehow like take paddles? Paddles are like the things for the listeners <laughs> that don't know that make your the surface of your hand area far bigger, so you swim faster. And I always used to think, like, what if there were, I like hid paddles like in the water, in the sand, and then I like ran out, <laughs> grab them, start swimming with them, and then just ditch them before I come in. And it's like shit. Joel made front pack. Also, what were those bright yellow things on his hands? <laughs> Good to, good to see where your moral compass lies. <laughs> yeah, I, I, sh- I shifted that all around when I came to running though, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and last one from BT Demers. He writes um, in a lot. Socks over tights. Yeah, yeah, a lot from him. Super uh, fan. Socks over tights or socks under tights in the cold? Um, I definitely, when I was young... When I was like running as a kid, I would always wear the socks over the tights. I thought it looked cooler. Mm. Like I'd wear those, you know, the two times you compression with the long white socks going like almost up to your knees over the top. That was just like the fashion back when I was like in super young little athletics. And I remember thinking anyone who wore tights over the top was a loser. And now it's the complete opposite. Like I always yeah. wear, well, actually, I think this is going into real uh, fashion sort of areas. But I like when you've got, you know, cause the, you know, the tights we run in that will have the zip, the Nike tights and stuff. And often yeah. a lot of like us MTC guys, you'll run in, there's a slight gap of skin between the sock and the tights. Do you notice that? Yeah. That's why I, that's, I feel like that's what I, I, I try and do. Like if I'm wearing ankle tights and then, sorry, ankle socks with, with tights, having that little gap, I can't have, if the sock is overlapping or oh, that's bad news. No, I usually go the longer socks when I wear tights. Keep the cold out. And you go underneath. Yeah, underneath. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the cold out. So there it's you just go. all Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All covered. Cool. 
There you go. Thanks, uh, thanks again, guys. That's uh, yeah, Q and A session four over and out. Speak to you next week. See you guys. Bye.